0: You can open your Bibles to Psalm 95, it's on page 520 in the Pew Bible, and I'm going to be reading both Psalm 95 and Psalm 96. Psalm 95. O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth, the heights of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and the dry land which his hands have formed. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Oh, that today you would listen to his voice. Do not harden your hearts as at Meribah as on the day at Massa in the wilderness, when your ancestors tested me and put me to the proof, though they had seen my work. For 40 years, I loathed that generation and said, they are a people whose hearts go astray and they do not regard my ways. Therefore, in my anger, I swore, they shall not enter my rest. Psalm 96. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, sing to the Lord all the earth, sing to the Lord, bless his name, tell of his salvation from day to day, declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, he is to be revered above all gods For all the gods of the peoples are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in holy splendor. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord is king. The world is firmly established. It shall never be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for he is coming, for he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with his truth.
1: God's grace and peace be with us all as we open now his word. Pray with me if you would please. Father would you please come pour out your mercy, pour out your truth, fill our hearts O Lord with truth and songs of salvation and blessing and joy. Receive our worship as we hear your voice in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let me just remind you that we do have a baptism coming up in a couple of weeks on July 28th. One of the ways that we worship God, we're in the middle of a series on worship. One of the ways we worship God is through the sacraments, through the Lord's Supper and baptism. July 28th, right after our worship. Be prepared to join us in that expression of worship in a couple of weeks. Yes, we're in a series on worship. And we started this series with the question, what is worship? And I gave you this definition, very simple. Worship is giving God what he deserves. Worship is giving God what he deserves, or as it says, in the text that was just read, Psalms 96 and verse 8, it is ascribing to God the glory, what? do His name. Worship is giving God what He deserves. And if we take into account the message Brother Leo brought to us last week, we could say, fill out that definition a little bit by saying worship is giving God what He deserves through the atoning sacrifice, the blood and righteousness of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now this week and next, what we're going to do is we're going to look at what God tells us to do when we get together for worship. These next two messages are about, from Psalm 95 and 96, are about how to worship God when we're gathered together. Uh, after those, these couple of messages, Rick is going to preach on the centrality of preaching in congregational worship. Uh, then I'm going to do a message on the place of lament and confession in congregational worship. Then Alex will be doing a message on the role of the Holy Spirit and spiritual gifts in worship. And then Leo is going to conclude the series with a message on God's vision for gospel-driven, cross-centered, multicultural worship. And that will close out this series uh, at that time. So today I want to start by noticing when I said earlier and a couple of weeks ago that worship is giving God what he deserves I did not say worship is giving God what he needs, or worship is giving God what he craves or egotistically demands. It's it's not as if God sits around six days a week pining for our praise. He can't wait for Sunday to roll around because he just needs some attention. He needs some affection from us. It's... It is not that God has an empty love cup and, and we have to get together once every seven days to, to make sure we fill that love cup for Him because He's feeling depleted. God is not praise-deprived. God is not attention-needy. God is not selfish. His command and call to us to worship is not because He craves our attention, or needs our praise, or needs our gifts, or needs our offering. In fact, the Bible emphatically says the opposite of that. God does not call us to worship because He needs our worship or craves it. Listen to God's Word in three or four different places. Psalm 50 verses 9 through 12. God says, I will not accept the bull from your house or goats from your folds, for every beast of the forest is mine. The cattle on a thousand hills, I know all the birds of the hills, and all that moves in the field is mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world and its fullness are mine. God is saying, I don't need your worship. I don't need your praise. I don't need your offerings. I don't need your gifts. Because everything is mine already. Or we read in 1 Chronicles 29, when David and the people of Israel are giving offerings to build the temple of the Lord, David prays, and this is what he prays, But who am I and what is my people that we should be able thus to offer willingly? Willingly. For all things come from you, and of your own have we given you. For we are strangers before you and sojourners, as all our fathers were. Our days on the earth are like a shadow, and there is no abiding. O Lord our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building you a house for your holy name, comes from your hand and is all your own. Isn't that amazing? Everything we're given to you, God, in worship and tithes and offerings and special gifts, everything we're given to you, we're not really giving to you. We're just kind of returning it to you. Because it's all yours. When we worship, like we did this This afternoon, when we pour out our hearts in song, when we spend our breath and our energy in praise, we are doing that not because God needs anything from us. He's the one that gives us a heart to praise. He's the one that gives us the breath to sing. He's the one that fills up our lungs to project in song. It's all His anyways. Romans 11, who has given a gift to Him? that he might be repaid, for from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. In Acts 17, the God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. The call to worship, folks, is not an ego trip by God, nor is it a craving of a, of a needy heart. God doesn't need us. Why do I, why do I emphasize that as we move into this message today. I do so because there are people who look at the God of the Bible and see his commands to be worshiped and obeyed and served and they conclude that he must be some kind of cosmic egomaniac that that he somehow or other is 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 needy and and greedy for praise. No folks that is not why God calls us to worship. Do you ever wonder why if God if God was already had everything He needed before He even made us, why He made us, and why He calls us to worship? Can I, can I give you a hint of an answer? How many of you have ever seen a movie or heard a song or seen a sunset or watched a game or discovered a good book and just had to tell somebody about it? Anybody? Yeah. Virtually everybody in this room. You know, you want to know one of the things that gives me lots of joy? I, I, I love watching and listening to beautiful things coming from unexpected places. Uh, Gaylene and I really enjoy watching America's Got Talent. Uh, now, we have to turn it off sometimes because, well, there's, they go places we don't want to go. But we love the show especially when somebody stands on the stage who honestly you just would not expect beauty from or skill from when somebody who's been disadvantaged or bullied or has faced cancer or has faced some other trauma in life and they stand and you're not quite sure what to expect and you're holding your breath and then all of a sudden out of their mouth comes forth beauty in song or in dance. It is it is just a, a glorious thing to watch. But you know what's even better than seeing it? It's telling somebody about it. And if you really get the chance, show somebody it and share the joy with them. There, there's something about this, folks, that our joy in anything and our joy in God is not complete until we praise it, until we praise Him. C.S. Lewis, I don't agree with everything that C.S. Lewis wrote or thought, but he got a lot of things right, and he got this right. Listen to this. He writes, I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses but completes the enjoyment. It is its appointed consummation. It is not out of mere compliment that lovers keep on telling one another how beautiful they are. The delight is incomplete until it is expressed. It is frustrating to have discovered a new author and not to be able to tell anyone how good he is. To come suddenly at the turn of the road upon some mountain valley of unexpected grandeur And then to have to keep silent because the people with you care for it no more than for a tin can in the ditch. To hear a good joke and find no one to share it with. The Scotch Catechism, the Westminster Shorter Catechism, says that man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. But we shall then know that these are the same thing. Fully to enjoy is to glorify in commanding us to glorify him God is inviting us to enjoy him folks the call to worship the command to worship is not selfishly motivated by God it is God's way of saying to us complete your joy by praising me for who I am Fill up your heart. Bring your joy to consummation. I want you to be completely happy, and you will not be completely happy unless you are lost in me and unless you are celebrating and rejoicing in me. So, the question for us is how do we maximize our joy in worship? How how do we worship God in such a way that we give Him what He deserves and in giving Him what He deserves fill our hearts with joy and a complete sense of satisfaction? Our text, Psalm 95 and 96, give us several answers to those questions that we're going to look at this week and next. And we'll get as far today as we can and then finish up next week. Worship, the kind of worship that gives God what He deserves, and the kind of worship that will maximize our joy, is worship through several different activities. So let's begin. Number one, and I want to encourage you to to take notes here and write these down and the text so that you can review this and pray over this and prepare your hearts each week as you come to worship. Number one, worship through gathering. Worship through gathering. Notice verses 1 and 2 of Psalm 95. O come, O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. Notice the gathering, assembly, togetherness of the psalm. Let us come. Don't stay home. Don't stay away. Oh, let us come into His presence. Yes, I know, God is everywhere all the time, but God has promised to make the gathering of His people into a temple where He will dwell, where He will walk, so that God's presence is known and felt and enjoyed in a special way here Not because of the building, but because of the people and the temple that you all are. His presence is known here. And the psalmist says, For God, oh, come, let us gather into his presence and make a joyful noise. Yes, all of life is worship. All of life is worship. But God calls us as his people throughout his word to have regular weekly times. When as worshipers, we get together in the presence of God to praise Him. Psalm 149, praise the Lord, sing to the Lord a new song. His praise in the assembly of the godly. Dear ones, You could have stayed home this afternoon and sat in your living room, or gone to the beach somewhere, or climbed a mountaintop somewhere, and you could have worshipped God there. But I'm here to tell you, it would not have been as good as what we've enjoyed here this afternoon. Because there is something about the gathered praise of the people of God that makes this the very best moment of the week. Because this is when we are able, in some measure, to put aside the distractions, put aside the stuff, and join our hearts and our voices and our praise in worshiping God. We worship through gathering. Number two, worship through welcoming. Worship through welcoming. I see in Psalm 96 and verse 3, and then again in verse 10, an invitation to all different kinds of people to join in the worship. Psalm 96 and verse 3, declare His glory among the nations, His marvelous works among all the peoples. And in verse 10, say, among the nations, the Lord reigns. Worship is to be welcoming to all. It is meant for all people. Remember what Jesus said in the Gospels, my house shall be called a house of prayer for what? All the nations. We, we are called to be a welcoming people. I was thinking about this week. It's been This weekend has been really amazing. And many of you may not even be fully aware of this, but uh, there has been a tremendous amount of gospel welcoming. A a tremendous amount of declaring his glory among the peoples that has gone on over the last 24 to 36 hours. Yesterday there was a group of six or eight uh, folks from the church here who went down to 69th Street Terminal and stood out there for a couple of hours declaring literally declaring his glory to the nations at the same time there were at least a dozen of our folks that were at a picnic in the community where there were several dozen unbelievers present walking among them and talking with them and making connections for the gospel and i know this week there have been ministries in various contexts i Gaylene and I just this morning had the privilege of visiting a Muslim woman, woman in uh, Upper Darby, and just ministering to her. And then a little bit after that, she went and had coffee with a woman from Guyana. And uh, this is this is declaring His glory to the nations. And if we had the time, I know we could have dozens of of reports like that. Worship through welcoming. There is something particularly joy giving when people who are different from each other are united with each other in the worship of God. Each and every one of us is made in the image of God and so when we all get together we are this magnificent composite Portrayal of who God is and what God is like, and together with all our different styles and looks and sounds and cultures and backgrounds, we join voices and it becomes this this wonderfully harmonious, delightful choir of praise. Worship through welcoming. Third, worship through thinking. Worship through thinking. The worship of Psalm 95 and 96 is a thinking worship. I want you to follow this. It is a reasoning worship. Look at verse 2 of Psalm 95. Let us come into His presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to Him with songs of praise for... for... What does that introduce? A reason... Let us make a joyful noise to Him with songs of praise, for because the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. And now implied in these next few lines is the word for at the beginning of each one of them. For in His hand are the depths of the earth, the heights of the mountains, are his also for the sea is his for he made it and his hands formed the dry land oh come let us worship and bow down let us kneel before the lord our maker for he is our god and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand verse 2 of psalm 96 sing to the lord bless his name tell of his salvation from day to day declare his glory among the nations His marvelous works among all the peoples, for great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the people are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Do you see what the psalmist is doing? He is is saying to us, worship, but don't worship mindlessly. Don't worship with just raw emotion with no thought. No, be thinking in your worship. Be aware in your worship. There are reasons to worship God. And so what that means, my brothers and sisters, is that if you want to worship God with greater joy, if you want to worship God with greater energy, if you want to worship God with greater delight and greater satisfaction, then you need to get to know God better than you do now. You need to find out more reasons to worship Him. Study the attributes of God, the character of God, the magnificence of God, the beauty of God, the love of God, the works of God study these things and then you'll be able to say sing to the Lord for he is great he is good we are his people he is our God don't expect to be able to enjoy God fully and deeply unless In the words of the Apostle you are growing in the grace and in the knowledge of God we must be people who study who God is learn his glory learn his works worship through thinking next fourth worship through singing verses 1 and 2 of Psalm 95 will come Let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into His presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to Him with songs of praise. Psalm 96, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless His name. Tell of His salvation from day. Today, this is how God commands us to worship. Not because He is attention or affection deprived, but because He knows that there is something in singing that elevates our joy. There's something in singing that lifts our spirits. There's something in song that makes us not only think about Him, but feel Him. And so He says, sing! 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 And the singing in our worship as a church, it involves the singing of psalms. It it involves singing to God, singing about God, singing with one another, singing to one another. And by the way, as you did so well today, singing really loud. Really loud. What does the psalmist say? Make a joyful noise. That word, the Hebrew word that is translated noise there, usually is translated shout in scripture. It speaks of a loud and triumphant shout. There you go. Worship through loud singing. Don't come on Sunday with doing this little. Dead and go, folks. That's, That's not Psalm 95 and 96. Belt it out. Give it everything you've got. Go home exhausted. Go home exhausted. Because you have worshipped and loved the Lord your God with all your strength. Give it all to God. That is the kind of worship that fills our hearts with joy. It glorifies Him because He is worthy of our shouting praise. And it satisfies us. It fills us with joy. Worship through loud singing. And the next... Worship through feeling. Worship through feeling. For those who know much about us, we we are a church that are is committed to sound theology. We we are reformed in our theology, that means we have a big view of God, we believe that he is sovereign and he's on the throne and he's in control and he is worthy of our awe and our worship and, and we are to understand who he is, we are to worship God with our minds and with our thinking. Typically people who are reformed like that are very suspicious about feelings. They're the ones You say we need to worship God with our minds, and we should, but we should also worship God with our hearts, with our feelings, with our emotions.
0: Notice how it's
1: expressed here in Psalm 95 and 96. Psalm 95 and verses 1 and 2, Come let us sing to the Lord, let us make a joyful noise, to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into His presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to Him with songs of praise. There should be joyful exuberance in the presence of God. Now, this is not to say, brothers and sisters, that we ought never to be sad in worship. In fact, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to devote a whole message to what the Bible teaches about lament and sorrow in worship and in fact it is almost the biblical norm as you go through the Gospels that real congregational worship very very often begins with lament and tears that leads into joy you know typically in contemporary worship we talk about Praise and worship, right? Okay, it's praise and worship time. Probably more biblical would be lament and worship time. We are living in a broken world. We are living in a desperately corrupt world, a desperately broken world. There are things that happen to us and around us every day of our lives which at some point or another should make us weep. and Make us weep together. We are not... Some kind of naive naive triumphalist who, who just say, everything's good. No, no, it's not all good. A lot of it's really messed up. And if we don't ever cry, it's because we're in denial. We need to cry together. We'll hear about that. But with that said, we never give God fully what He deserves. We never give him what he deserves more profoundly than when we rejoice in him. Dr. Piper loves to say, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. And it's true. God never gets more glory from us Then we, when we have all our satisfaction and our joy in Him, when we're able to say, for to me to live is Christ. When we're able to say, who do I have in heaven but You, O Lord? Who on earth beside You? My flesh and my heart may fail, but You, You, You are my portion. You are my portion. We're with Habakkuk. Though the olive fail and the stalls are empty and the job is lost, I will rejoice in the Lord. We never glorify him more than when we are satisfied in him. There should be a joyful exuberance that marks our worship. But might I add, there should also be a humble reverence that marks our worship. Look at Psalm 96 and verse 9. Psalm 96 and verse 9, Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before him all oh, the earth. Tremble before him. What is this combination? This combination of exuberance and reverence. Rejoicing and trembling. Well, that's what happens when you meet God. God. In the words of C.S. Lewis, again, regarding Aslan, the lion, right? He is not safe, but he is good. God is not safe. Trifle with him, mock him, and realize, be not deceived, God is not mocked. He is not safe, but he is good not to be trifled with. But once you bow your knee before Him, once you put your faith in Him, once you commit your life to Him, you discover that He is goodness itself. And your heart and your life will be marked by these feelings, these emotions, these affections of joyful exuberance and humble reverence. May God stir them in us all. Next, we should worship through celebrating. We should worship through celebrating, and specifically I have in mind celebrating God's salvation, God's deliverance. Psalm 95 and verse 1: Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord, let us make a joyful noise, noise to the rock of our say it, salvation. Psalm 96 and verse 2, sing to the Lord, bless His name, tell of His salvation from day to day. The ancient Hebrews, as as they heard that word, they would have immediately thought of the great delivering redeeming act of salvation that was part of their history they would have thought back to the exodus where god delivered them from oppression and tyranny that was the great deliverance of the people of israel and then from that point on time after time after time God delivered His people from various enemies. And the psalmist is saying to us that when we gather together, we need to celebrate the salvation acts of God. He is our Savior Redeemer. We sing hallelujah, the Lamb has overcome. We sing hallelujah, the Lamb has overcome my friends have you experienced have you experienced the greatest possible salvation that any human being can ever experience do you know what it is to be saved from your sin
0: do you know what it is
1: to be saved from the penalty and punishment that your sin deserves if you have faith in jesus christ if you believe that he died on the cross In your place to take the punishment for all your sins. If you believe that, the Bible says, if you believe in your heart, you will be saved. You will have salvation. Are you saved? If you have salvation, you will make a joyful noise to the rock of your salvation. If you know that you've been saved from sin, from hell, from eternal ruin, and shame, everlasting torment and terror, if you know that you have been saved through the blood, through the cross, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, you will sing to the Lord and make a joyful noise. Have you experienced God's greatest salvation? My friend, if you never have before, you can... Do so right now. All you need to do is pray in your own heart before Lord. Repent of your sin and then ask Jesus to save you. Believe in your heart that he died for your sins and rose again for your victory and for your eternal life. Believe that in your heart. Ask Jesus to save you and he will save you right here, right now on the spot. You will have walked in here lost. You will walk out saved. You will have walked in here under the wrath of God. You will walk out of here in the mercy of God. A new person, a new creation in Christ Jesus. Have you been saved? The old churches back in the day used to post crosses. In fact, our first first church I pastored in had a cross on the side of the building said simply, Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Nowadays churches don't post that very much, but why not? I'm not sure. Because he saves. Great is the Lord. Bless his name. Tell of his salvation. Celebrate his salvation from day to day. And it's not just the great salvation of from hell and judgment. It's the everyday salvations of our lives. It's, it's the small deliverances, right? I wonder how many times God delivered each of us this past week. I wonder how many dangers, how many toils, how many snares that he made us avoid. I wonder how many killer germs floated by that he didn't let us breathe in. I wonder how many mercies he delivered to us. I wonder. Had somebody pray for my headache yesterday. I always thank God when people pray for my headache. Keep on praying. God didn't deliver me from my headache, folks. But this past week, he delivered me through my headache. And he delivered me from the bitterness and the envy and the rage and the anger and the impatience that my headache could have produced. Tell of his salvation from day to day. You have a thousand salvations from this past week to praise God for and tell others about worship through celebration. We do this in our church with songs that celebrate a Christ, our great Redeemer, Deliverer, Savior through sacrament, communion, and baptism are, are continual reminders to us of the great deliverance that we have in Christ. Oh come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before him, all the earth. Let us worship him through gathering. Worship him through welcoming worship Him through thinking, worship Him through singing, worship Him through feeling, worship Him through celebrating and you'll have to come back next week for the rest. But surely, I think your heart is probably as prepared and eager as mine is to make sure that we don't close A message on worship without a little bit more worship. Reminds me, I wasn't thinking of this, but uh, reminds me years and years and years ago, I went to a seminar on worship all day long, and they never once sang a song. (laughs) Well, we're not going to make that mistake here. I wonder if the band, the praise team, would please come forward and lead us again. Uh, f- folks, this is our response. This is our application. Let us sing a new song to the Lord. And if in this you want to clap your hands, clap your hands. If you want to get on your knees, get on your knees. If you want to bow down, bow down. Whatever you do, make a joyful noise to the Lord.